Have you ever been tempted to give up or check out in your walk with God? Have you been at a place in life's journey where you felt overwhelmed and overshadowed by life's obstacles, setbacks, or heartaches? It could be you are at such a place right now, a place where you are hungering for hope. If so, then Hope Along the Journey podcast is a ministry of encouragement created specifically with you and others just like you in mind. And now, here is your host, Mark Cravens, to share a word of encouragement with you today. Thank you so much for listening to today's Hope Along the Journey podcast. Hi, I'm Mark Cravens, your podcast host, and it's a joy to have you listening. I, I want to thank all of my listeners today for taking time to send me notes and emails and text messages. I appreciate so much your feedback to the podcast. And while I'm mentioning that, if you have a moment, take time to send me an email at hopealongthejourney at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you or send me a note through Facebook or Instagram. We'd love to know what you're thinking and what the podcast means to you. Today, we have a very special guest with us by way of Zoom. We have none other than Jeffrey Keaton, who is president and CEO at Renewa Nation. Jeff, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you, Mark. It's great to be with you. Jeff has been a lead pastor. He pastored for 18 years. Um, with God's help, he started multiple churches, Christian schools, and other ministries. Uh, Jeff is a man who is fully committed to seeing millions of children develop a biblical worldview through the work of his ministry, Nation. And so I'd like to get right into our discussion today, Jeff. And when I say those words, biblical worldview, what do you mean when you say, I want to see millions of children have a biblical worldview? All right, Mark, thank you so much. And I think a lot of people ask that question when they hear those terms, biblical, hear the words biblical worldview. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I like to come at it from two or three different angles. First of all, everybody has a worldview. It's not a question of, will you have a worldview? It's which one will you have? Okay. That's right. mm-hmm. So, um, and, and really, one way to look at worldview is it is the grand story, the meta narrative, you might say, that flows through your mind as you live your life. It helps you to kind of make sense of all that's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. So, from a, a Christian perspective and a biblical perspective, kind of the grand story and the way we lay it out is creation, God created all things good, mm-hmm. fall. Sin came into the world. Human beings rebelled against God and brought sin, disease, every terrible thing you can think of. So it's creation fall that that answers the question of why are so many bad things happening every day? Um, And then third is redemption. Creation fall redemption. So redemption is, um, and let me just say this, every worldview tries to answer all the questions. Where did we come from? Creation. Okay, fall. What is wrong with the world? Why are people so mean? Why is it such a bad place to be these days? Uh, redemption. And that's simply the, the question the world is asking is, um, you know, how do we fix things? Right, What's the solution right. to all the trouble in the world? And as believers, as Christians, as Bible believing people, we know that it is Christ came to redeem human beings. Mm-hmm. And yet, uh, to be honest with you, I think that, it, and, and, and I don't want to reflect negatively on anybody, but I think too much in the church world, We've started, we understand creation, we understand fall, and we understand personal redemption. But I think where we have gotten it wrong is we fail to understand that God came to redeem humans 
so that they can become redeemers or restorers of the brokenness in this world. And that's really the fourth word is restoration. Mm -hmm. So this is the narrative that Christians have and the Bible gives us creation, fall, redemption, restoration. Mm -hmm. Um, And so your your worldview is your core set of beliefs. Okay. Mm -hmm. That, That core set of beliefs that determines how you act. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, none of us have ever done anything wrong without, first of all, excusing it in our, in our own hearts and minds. Uh, <laughs> That's so Tolton, true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tolton Neeson said something like this. In order to do something wrong, you must, first of all, convince yourself that what you're doing is right. That's now a powerful about statement. Yeah. That's a powerful statement. And so the bottom line is uh, the reason why so many people do things that are wrong these days is because they have a core set of beliefs, a worldview that says this is okay, this is right. Um, and, and then this week I heard Nancy Piercy say something. And by the way, uh, for your listeners, uh, I love Nancy Piercy. I love Finding Tr- a Total Truth, Finding Truth, Love Thy Body. The best book on human sexuality I've ever read is Love Thy Body by Nancy Piercy. Um, and she said something uh, this week on Twitter, and, and I kind of took it and, and made it my own. She said, biblical worldview is more than just knowing the truths of the Bible, but it's knowing how you apply all of Scripture to all of life. And I want to give you an example of what we mean by that, because I, I do think that we, we have fallen short of understanding this stuff. So if we're in a school and we have a young man or woman who wants to be a home builder. What, how does scripture apply to building homes? Okay. Mm-hmm. So I know, you know, where I grew up, if you're a home builder, we we're hoping you make a lot of money, give to our Bible college, support missionaries, you know, <laughs> and that's noble. And you're going to do that. Mm-hmm. But do you realize that when you apply all the scripture to home building, um, so, so I like to say it like this, what is our purpose on earth? In Genesis 126 and 126 and 27 whatever it is, right? That might've missed the verse. God said, take dominion of the earth. So our purpose is to take dominion of the earth and bend creation back towards God's original design. So in the garden of Eden, there was no suffering. There was no bad weather. Adam and Eve didn't have to wear clothes. They weren't cold. They weren't hot. They were just you know, in the perfect place, there were, they didn't have to worry about animals attacking them because the fall had not come into the world. Mm-hmm. But when the fall came, Now, all of a sudden, they had to worry about all that stuff. And so when somebody builds a house, when a home builder builds a human being a house, they're bending creation back towards safety and security and comfort. So they're providing for human beings, creating human flourishing. So even though we still live in a world where we better lock our doors and we might need an alarm, a house provides all of those things for humans and bends creation back. We're, we're, we're attacking the fall. We're attacking evil and making it so human beings can flourish for the glory of God. And so I think, to be honest with you, this is why I'm so excited about biblical worldview, because when you teach students to apply all of Scripture to all of life, everything takes on new and tremendous meaning. Absolutely. Yeah, and I've, I've often said that information without application will never lead to transformation. Exactly. And And I think... A lot of our churches, Jeff, we do we do a lot of information giving, but mm-hmm. we don't really help, especially kids growing up in our churches, to understand how to make that application part, Absolutely. because that's so true. Uh, why is it, and do you think it's because of this lack of application that 
a lot of our young people are coming even through our churches and Christian schools and yet do not have a clear biblical worldview that they operate their lives out of. Yes, I think it is. And I, I think it, go, it boils back down to this. For too many in the church world, we live with, there's multiple terms they use, but dualism or what we call the sacred secular divide. Right. right. I think this is a curse in the church world. So mm-hmm. think about this. We see sacred in many churches as what we do on Sunday morning, um, as what we, when we're reading our Bible, when we're having devotions, when we're going to a men's Bible study. But when I walk out the door on Monday morning from my house and go to work, I'm entering the secular world. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's how we see it. Yes. And so I, I think what we have done a poor job of, uh, many, many churches have done a tremendous job, job of presenting the gospel to young people and, mm-hmm. and saying the Bible is authoritative. I, I'll tell you where we've been weak. It's uh, in, in what I call the sufficiency of scriptures. So we believe, Mark, you and I grew up in the same world. We believe in the authority and inerrancy of scripture. Yes. But did we actually believe that the Bible taught us how to run a business? Did we believe that the Bible taught us how to lead in government? Did we believe that the Bible actually taught us how to have a tremendously healthy marriage? You see? No, we didn't. I, I agree with you. I don't yeah. think we connected those dots. Yeah, and, and I think we saw sacred secular. Mm-hmm. And so so what happens is, so what way I like to look at it is all, everything in this universe is sacred. Mm-hmm. So the arts are sacred. Music is sacred. Government is a God-ordained institution is sacred. Mm-hmm. Um, running a business is sacred. It only becomes secular when you remove God and his principles and the way he would do it out of it. So I like to call, rather than secular schools, I call them secularized schools because God is the Lord of education. God created math and physics and chemistry. He's the Lord of all of that. But when you go into, let's just say origins, and you say God did not create the world, uh, you know, the whole evolution, mm-hmm. evolutionary theory, then all of a sudden you're in a, you're in a place where you have secularized education, you removed God from it, and you can't possibly get to the truth. Right. And so mm-hmm. uh, I think the sacred secular divide, and it's not, those are buzzwords in some places, and mm-hmm. I don't use them like that, mm-hmm. but, but I want, I want businessmen sitting on the pews on Sunday morning. Right. Right. To be equipped for every good work. Yes. Absolutely. And and so I have a great friend named Dr. Christian Overman. He's really, he's just, he's, he's 20, 30 years older than me, but he's my bosom buddy. And, and really because he shaped my thinking on worldview uh, a ton in the last 10 years. And he mm-hmm. he's written a lot on the theology of work. How does God view work? There's an awesome story. If, if you're listeners sometime, you want to read the story of George Washington Carver. I don't know if you've read that, Mark. Yes. But, mm-hmm. but you know how he took the peanut? Yes. And he would say, and this is a perfect example of applying all the scripture to all of life. Mm-hmm. Carver would say, he would get into his lab and he would say, Lord, why did you make the peanut? Why? <laughs> and then he would tear it down to its basin. Mm-hmm. And you know, he, he used the peanut, uh, he, he invented, I forget, 200 different uses for the peanut because he broke it down, discovered you can make oil. Yes. And he, mm-hmm. he did it because, think about this, how he's applying his biblical worldview to all of life. Cotton was, they were just growing cotton in the South and it was destroying the soil and all that kind of stuff. And Carver was trying to figure out how, why did God make the peanut and how can we make humans flourish in the South? And what an amazing man he was. Uh, You know, 
I, if I remember right, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm 100% right on this, but even the whole Reformation, part of the underlying component of the Reformation that, that, was, that took place under Martin Luther was Martin Luther's belief that all of life and work was hallowed. Absolutely. There was no division between the sacred and the secular, as you, the terminology yeah. we use. But yeah. all of life is sanctified for the believer. It is all to be holy ground. We're on holy assignment. Whatever we do, whether we be a cobbler or a baker or a candlestick maker, yeah. it's all, we're all on sacred holy assignment. And mm-hmm. every work, every work is a holy work, and every piece of ground is holy ground for the believer. And I wish we could somehow recapture that. And and I'm I thank God for people like you, Jeff, that are helping us to get back to that biblical worldview again. I think one of the greatest examples of a man who captured this idea was Truett Cathy. And we all know the story of Chick-fil-A. Mm-hmm. You see, Truett Cathy, um, he 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 really didn't start a restaurant to make money. He started a restaurant to serve people. Mm-hmm. And and so the reason why when we give young men and women a biblical worldview that they can go out and be super successful in business mm-hmm. is because their motivations are right and their purpose is right. And when you do that, amazing things happen in organizations and you end up having more money and you know what to do with. Right. Because think about our desperate world today. I mean, you can't even go through a drive through and get decent service. These kids have no hope. They have no purpose. They have no understanding of what's going on. But I know we want to get to a little bit more. I don't know what our time is. but we're Hey, we're good. This is good stuff. Um, which leads us right in to renewination, the vision that God gave you for doing your best to try to see that, as you state, millions of children develop a biblical worldview. Jeff, tell us about the birth of this great organization that's touching the lives of so many people today. So in my first church in Miami, Fort Lauderdale, Fort Lauderdale, inner city church, I ended up with about 150 children and teenagers, many who came from the homes of drug addicts and alcoholics. Um, All of them but one were in a public school. So we decided to go all in. We wanted to be with our kids. So we literally were in charge of 32 different Christian clubs in public schools. I had a a Christian club in every middle and senior high school in Brad County, Florida. And it was there that I saw the battle that was raging for their hearts and minds. And so I've got to make this very quick, but but I begin to dream there. The kids came to my office and said, Pastor, I don't know if you understand, but everything you teach us at church, these are kids from new convert homes, everything right. you teach us at church they actually teaches the opposite at school. I was like, okay. And then I went on the campuses and I saw the chaos and I was just like, dear Lord, if I had yeah. these kids a week, I could change their thinking. Their parents right. had gotten saved right. out a lot of drugs and alcohol, but I said, man, I could really change their thinking. So it uh, didn't happen down there, but when I moved to Virginia, God miraculously led me uh, through divine providence to launch a Christian school that grew almost 400 kids in the first seven years. And there I saw what I dreamed of, that I could give kids a biblical worldview all week long. And, and you know, especially the new convert families were coming into our church, man, they were wanting their kids in our school. Mm-hmm. And today there's hundreds of those kids that love the Lord. They're in business, medicine, government, all that good stuff. That's wonderful. So in the midst of that, about 2008, God burned this ridiculous vision on my heart that I wasn't going to be involved in giving a few hundred children a biblical worldview or a Christian worldview. And I really saw it as tied only to Christian education at that time. God, God expands. He starts you where he knows you can understand, and he takes you where he wants you to go. Learn that about visions, by the way. 
And so at first it was just about, you know, millions of kids getting Christian education. And over the course of time, our vision now is to transform culture by giving millions of children a biblical worldview and our mission. And this is how we do what we do Mm -hmm. is to inspire and equip the family, church and school to give children a biblical worldview. And, and that's not a mission statement we set around and thought out. One day we literally said, we had another mission statement years ago, and somebody said, you know what we do? We inspire people like we speak all over America, and God moves on people. I mean, people literally make drastic changes in their lives, and their children's lives, as a result of a speech. It's, it blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but we at first it was all about inspiration because I didn't have any programming. I didn't have any people working for me. It was all like, do it, get them out and do this, you know. <laughs> and they did it. It's crazy. Right. They did it. Yeah. But now, and I just wrote a five-page letter for our, our partners, and I highlighted what has happened, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. And what has happened mm-hmm. is God has brought us the people first, amazing people on this team. We now have about 40 people working for us full-time, part-time, or contract. Mm-hmm. And He's brought us amazing people who have produced amazing programs and resources so that now we can equip families, churches, Mm -hmm. and schools to give children a biblical worldview. So uh, it's pretty amazing what God has done. There's been some miracles along the way. You've heard about the 2,000-acre ranch that's been, Mm -hmm. you know, given about half of it now and the rest of the next few years, and Mm -hmm. you got a camp rolling down there. and. And, and just so many amazing things, but we, right. we know it, it's been quite an amazing journey that God has done over the last few years. That's great. Well, you know, uh, Jeff, there's so many ways I, I I'm thinking right now of six different ways that I'd love to take this conversation, but I, here's what I, here's what I want us to try to do as we come closer to the end of the podcast. This podcast is called hope along the journey. And w- my goal and purpose and mission is to encourage and inspire people that feel like Maybe there isn't any hope or feel like they're just engulfed in the hopelessness of our society. Mm-hmm. We hear all the statistics about kids going off to college and 80-some percent abandon their faith when they go to secular college. So I've got a lot of moms and dads that are going to be listening to this podcast. Could you just give them like one or two very first steps to that mom or dad who want to know there's hope? for them to raise their children with a biblical worldview? What would be one or two things, or how could they connect with you? I just want you to, to give them some words of hope and encouragement as we come to the close of this podcast today. So let me say two things. One, God, there's a great awakening in the United States right now. Mm-hmm. Every Christian school almost I'm working with is packed to the walls. I spoke at a school that one year, just a few weeks ago in Seattle, one year ago, they had 1,600 kids. Right now, they have 2,200 kids. They grew by 600 this year alone. Praise God. It's happening all across America. Homeschooling right. has doubled to 5.2 million. Now, I know that doesn't answer your question directly. I will get there. Mm-hmm. What I want to sure. say is God is moving this country. God is not done. Right. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if we're going to see a great awakening, but if we're going to see a great awakening, it's going to be calm because millions of new children begin to see life from God's perspective. And secondly, the parents, first of all, there is a, there's a remnant of young men and women. If you will focus on making sure you have your children in an excellent church and you will begin to train your children to home, you're the most important person. You, as parents, you are the most important people in your child's life. 
And third, I would challenge you to think about their education. Because when we, here's what we discovered. When you get the family, church, and school all teaching the same thing, mm-hmm. all teaching God's truth, it's, it's a three-stranded cord that is not easily broken. That's Let good. me leave you with two resources. Mm-hmm. One, uh, we published a couple of years ago a book here called Biblical Worldview, What It Is, Why It Matters, and How to Pass It On to the Next Generation, written by Dr. Josh Mulvihill, who leads our church and family division. It's a great primer for parents and grandparents on biblical worldview. And secondly, we just released eight weeks ago a brand new book called 50 Things Every Child Needs to Know Before Leaving Home. It's the greatest practical resource for training children uh, in, in, in all of life. Uh, and it's a beautiful book, hardback. I, I can't I can't sell it to you enough because we're so thrilled with it. And you can get both of those at renewanation.org. Go to our store at renewanation.org. They're totally available and they're super helpful. And you can do it, parents. There's thousands, millions of kids that have, have in, in the culture that we live in today that know, love, and serve Jesus because their parents fought for their hearts and minds. Amen. That's great. Well, thank you, Jeff. I appreciate that so much. And what we'll do, we'll uh, put your link. On the uh, when we put out the podcast, we'll put your link out there so people can go to the Renewination link. And again, that's renewination.org. Is that correct? Correct. And they can find these books there. So I would encourage friends, I, I really would encourage those of you that are that have children and those of you that have grandchildren to get copies of these books. Give them to your children for Christmas. In fact, I'm getting ready to, I'm going to buy these, I'm going to give them to my kids for Christmas so that they can read these books and and because I want my grandchildren to be raised with a biblical worldview. Jeff, I think you're absolutely right. I think it's going to this grassroots movements if there's going to be any hope, I think this is probably where it's going to come from. Amen. And I praise God for what you're doing, Jeff. May the Lord bless you there at Renew Nation. You and I go way back. We didn't get into that today, but we yeah. go way back and it's just it's just a delight to have you today. Thank you, Listeners, Mark. God bless you. Thank you, listeners, for listening to today's Hope Along the Journey podcast. And as I always say, Jesus Christ is truly the hope of the world. If you look to him, you will find hope along the journey. God bless you, and thank you again for listening. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you would like to know more about Hope Along the Journey, or if you would like to make a donation to show your support and appreciation for this ministry, then visit our website at hopealongthejourney.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you'll join us again for more Hope Along the Journey.